Time once again for instant analysis. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com. With you, it is the Bama Online Podcast as well. This time we get together following Alabama's 42-21 win over the Ole Miss Rebels Saturday afternoon at Bryant-Denny Stadium. The Crimson Tide takes a commanding position in the SEC West with the win. A game on Saturday in which a lot of us, and yes, I include myself in that mix because I was among those who anticipated a point total between these teams, probably north of 80 points one more time. We've seen it on a pretty consistent basis here in the last five or six meetings, so why not? Why not another shootout? You can go back 40, 50 years ago when you were having shootouts between these two teams, but it was mostly about Alabama on this Saturday afternoon as the Crimson Tide makes a statement defensively after a pretty good stretch early in the season of inconsistent play, at least relative to what this defense brought back, uh, you saw the Alabama defense a lot of folks anticipated seeing from the outset of the season. And look, it looked like we might be headed for a shootout during the early stages. Ole Miss takes the opening kickoff, an opening kickoff that went out of bounds. So the last thing, perhaps the most explosive and prolific offense in college football coming into this game needed was the football at its own 35 to start, but that's what Matt Corral and company got. Uh, Elaine Kiffin, he told you. He told you in the pregame interview with CBS to get your popcorn ready. Elaine was very confident. And again, I get it. I understand why both he and Matt Corral would feel like, you know what, we put 48 on these guys last year. We got a lot of folks back. Now, Jonathan Mingo not being able to go at the wide receiver position was certainly a major storyline in the lead-up to Saturday's game. Mingo, very dynamic outside receiver along the lines of a DK Metcalf or a A.J. Brown, and not having him on the outside was certainly a blow. But where this game all along was going to be determined was the balance that both these teams or one of these teams would be able to achieve. You saw it last year. Both teams in that 63-48 to game didn't have any trouble, whether it was running it or throwing it. And Ole Miss comes out with the favorable field position, goes down the field, converts a couple of fourth downs. Lane's feeling pretty good about things, but Alabama gets a stop inside its own 10, and that was a real turning point in the game, obviously. But Lane, with three more attempts on on fourth down in the first half, and Alabama snuffs out all of those three. So maybe a little bit of fool's gold for Lane. Converts those first two fourth downs, goes for three more. And after each of those failures, after each of those Alabama fourth down stops in the first half, Alabama proceeded to take the football and go down the field and put it in the end zone themselves. So, 28 to nothing is your halftime score. Again, though, the opening sequence with Ole Miss going down, getting stuffed inside the, what a play by Tim Smith, right? I think Jordan Battle was in there, part of that as well. Uh, The fourth down stop. And then that was a 16-play drive, I believe, for Ole Miss. So even though Ole Miss was stuffed there, there was damage done because you're already talking about nearly 20 snaps for the Alabama defense being on the field. But the Alabama offense comes out heavy formation with Kendall Randolph at tight end to go along with Cameron Latou. And that kind of told you what might be coming throughout the course of the afternoon. Now, it was an impressive drive, no doubt about it. 
when you look at that first quarter drive for Alabama that covered roughly the length of the field, really, and it was started with a quick flip out to Jamison Williams for a four or five yard gain, and it was culminated by a touchdown pass from Bryce Young to John Mechie. Nice throw from Bryce to Mechie there. 16 yards, again, a lengthy drive that as much as anything the Alabama defense needed because if you're an Alabama fan after what you saw Ole Miss do in possessing the ball and grinding out plays on that opening drive, you're thinking, well, here we go, Florida all over again from about the middle of the second quarter in Gainesville through the second half and that win over Florida, the Gators just punished Alabama on the ground. It wasn't the case, though. Alabama ultimately, we talked about it throughout the game week or the preparation week for this one, plays, snap counts for the two teams. Last year's game, Ole Miss ran 86 plays. 57 of those alone were runs. This time around, when we look at total plays, just 63 total plays for Ole Miss. Just 291 total yards. This was an Ole Miss offense that came into the game averaging 7.7 yards per play. On Saturday, the Rebels averaged 4.6 yards per play. And a lot of Ole Miss's success, especially after that opening drive, came once the game was 42 to 7. You know, 35 to nothing uh, there early in the third quarter. So some throwaway yards, some fantasy football points, I guess. If you play the college fantasy football, maybe Matt Corral helped you out with a touchdown pass late. He also had a touchdown run. But again, the the real story for this Alabama defense, much improved versus the run. And there were some similarities between what Ole Miss tried to do Saturday and what Florida had success doing a couple of Saturdays ago. And I think a prime example of that, right? The fourth down stop where Henry Toa Toa makes the tackle on Jerry and Ely for a loss. And same option play, essentially, that Florida had so much success with. Lane and Jeff Levy, the Ole Miss offensive coordinator, dial it up. And this time, Henry Toa Toa is able to get over the top of that play side tackle, and he makes the big play. I thought Alabama's, and I wrote this in five predictions on Friday, kind of challenged Alabama's inside linebackers and safeties because they didn't have much of a presence against Florida. And so this was going to be on them in large part with a lot of the same principles in play in this game from the Ole Miss offense. They were going to have to show up far better than they did in that win over Florida. And they did just that, especially while the game was competitive in the first half. And not just the inside linebackers. I mean, Will Anderson, once again, just extremely dominant. Um you know, this is a guy that just keeps stacking up the tackles for loss. And you look at it on Saturday, and to me, it continues to be somewhat amazing that an outside linebacker seems like he's capable of producing 10 tackles a game. That's more of an inside linebacker stat. But Will Anderson, once again, nine total tackles, two and a half for loss. Both of those two and a half tackles for loss uh, in the first half. Christian Harris, tackle for loss in the first half. Henry Toa Toa with the aforementioned stop on the option play and Jerry and Ely for a loss in the first half. I thought the safeties uh, played with more authority right around the sticks. DeMarco Hellams had a couple of big hits. Jordan Battle did some really good things. He had a play, I think it was on a fourth down play, 
where you had the pass there on the Ole Miss sideline, and he made sure that that Ole Miss receiver wasn't going to come down inbound. So those guys answered the bell, and Drew Sanders continues to be a real bright spot at the linebacker level. So you talk about linebackers from outside to inside, safeties. You you had some penalties on your corners once again, one on Josh Job, and really the other one I think even on Jalen Armour Davis came after the game was pretty much – in command for Alabama. So you still had a few penalty issues there at corner. Uh, but Drew Sanders doing some good things. This is a really smart guy, really talented guy. You know, when you've got a guy that is instinctive and can kind of figure things out while the play's unfolding, kind of sniff things out, you know, teams keep trying to screen or, or throw the quick stuff. And Drew Sanders doesn't bite on it, does he? Did another great job on one of those plays on Saturday against Ole Miss. So, again, while the game was in the balance, Alabama's linebackers, safeties, got to give them big props. Thought they played their best game of the season on Saturday. Defensive front, Fedarian Mathis with the big strip sack. Justin Aboigby there for the recovery. That was a big sequence there late in the second quarter. Lane staying aggressive, pretty much had to at that point. You start getting into a 21 to nothing type of game midway through the second quarter, late second quarter, and he also knows that the Alabama offense has the ball coming out. He's got to stay aggressive. He and Jeff Levy, uh, Fedarian Mathis made them pay for that with the strip sack, the recovery by a Boigby. And the defensive front did some good things. I thought the defensive front more so than against Florida played more within the scheme of the defense. I didn't think we saw as much maybe freestyling or some people might even describe it as hero ball from time to time. I don't think that was an issue for the Alabama defense and it showed good team effort, good good team approach from the Alabama defense. And, you know, Byron Young still ends up with a uh, tackle and a half for loss, a quarterback hurry. Drew Sanders had two quarterback hurries. Will Anderson had two. Toa Toa had one. Um, So just a couple of sacks of Matt Corral in the game who makes it tough with his athleticism. But again, when you look at the rushing stats for Ole Miss and you consider that, well, Corral on 10 carries finishes with three yards. Now, that's with sacks factored in there. The two sacks factored in there. But his long run in the game was 10 yards. That might have been his touchdown run, as a matter of fact. So did a good job on the quarterback. And you look at Henry Paris Jr., Jerry and Ely, uh, and Snoop Connor. that's the big three for Ole Miss at the running back position. And they've put up numbers to this point prior to the Alabama game. They combined for 75 yards on 24 attempts. Yeah. I think I got that right. Yeah, you know, I'm adding on the fly here, so that's always dangerous. But the longest run play, explosive plays in the run game were a problem for Alabama last October against this Ole Miss offense. Not so much this time around. Long run for Ole Miss in the game was 10 yards. Henry Parrish Jr. had a 10-yarder after the game had been decided. Pretty much the same for Matt Corral as well. You look at the Ole Miss receiving core, Dontario Drummond had to come up big, especially with Mingo out. Uh, He goes four for 43. Uh, You had 
guys that you were counting on. If you're Ole Miss, like Braylon Sanders, he goes two for 32, had a drop in there. I mean, a lot of targets for some of these guys, and their catch ratio to those targets, not very good for Ole Miss. Braylon Sanders, seven uh, targets in the game, just two catches. So that's a number you can work with if you're the Alabama defense. We're going to step aside for a quick break here on the Bama Online Podcast. Instant analysis. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Post game, Ole Miss. Back with more right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so let's get into some of the offensive side of the ball for the Alabama Crimson Tide. In the immediate aftermath of Alabama 42, Ole Miss 21, I'm going to apologize for technical reasons beyond our control. We're not able to do this Facebook style, Facebook live style. I'm looking into why we can't, uh, but there's an issue. So we're having to kind of just do a one-man show on instant analysis this time around. Just yours truly providing some insight and some thoughts following Alabama's fifth win of the season. I got that right? Miami, right? Mercer, Florida. Southern Miss, yeah, I think I'm good there. I think I'm good on that. You know what? It felt like uh, felt like Derrick Henry Appreciation Day today, didn't it? Watching this Alabama offense. How about Brian Robinson? 36 carries, 171 yards, four touchdowns for the super senior. And it was a grinder kind of day because Alabama didn't have a back, including Robinson, average five yards or more per carry. Long run of the game by an Alabama player was Brian Robinson with a 21-yarder, but just a tough, mature, grown man performance for the Tuscaloosa native. Unfortunately, some of that was required due to an injury to Jace McClellan, and listening in to Nick Saban's post-game press conference did not sound positive at all for Jace McClellan moving forward. We'll know more in the next day or so in terms of his availability moving forward, and Uh, You hope for him, first and foremost, it's not what seems to be feared uh, in the aftermath of the game on Saturday. But again, we'll see. Uh, But 36 carries for Brian Robinson in the game, 6 for 28 for Jace McClellan before he has to leave with the knee injury. Roydell Williams goes three times for 15 yards. Bryce Young was sacked three times in the game. Bryce, 21 of 27 for 241 yards. Two touchdowns. He had the red zone pick that you didn't like at all there. Sort of kind of appeared to try to force it. Now, I'm not sure if he and John Mechie just had their signals crossed there. 
you get into some of these kind of extended play situations and they work on that stuff but it can be from time to time that a receiver and a quarterback aren't totally in tune that may have been the case there but a red zone pick for Bryce Young just his second interception of the season he throws for 241 yards on 27 attempts and Jamison Williams once again not the explosive type performance that we saw against Southern Miss I don't know how many times in our lifetime we'll see that type of performance especially when we're talking about explosive plays on touchdowns but Jamison Williams targeted six times in the game Five catches, 65 yards, a long reception of 26 yards. How about Slade Bolden on Saturday? He had a couple of big third down conversions. Four for 58 early in the third quarter. You knew Ole Miss was going to have to take some chances against that Alabama run game because Alabama at that point is looking to just go four-minute offense, or so you would think, and get out of there, considering they had the 28-point lead. Well, Bill O'Brien was apparently thinking along with D.J. Durkin, the Ole Miss defensive coordinator, because you had a little RPO action, and then you hit Bolden right there down the middle of the field for a big gain of 29 yards. In fact, that was Alabama's longest pass play of the game. Jalil Billingsley, once again, with some really good stuff, more so from pretty much a wide receiver position or a slot receiver position. He goes four for 47 um, on six targets. John Mechie, one of my predictions going into the game was for a 100-yard game for John Mechie. It did not happen, but Mechie had a big touchdown catch to get things going for Alabama offensively. He goes three for 35 uh, on three targets. That's a minimal number of targets for him so far this season. Again, Alabama didn't throw it. 30-plus times in the game either. Treshawn Holden saw him get onto the field, and he goes one for 21. His lone grab goes for 21 yards. And, you know, what you got to like about Cameron Latou at this point, right, is that catch-to-touchdown ratio. Not bad. Cameron Latou with another one of those. One catch, three yards, one touchdown. So you can take you can, uh, you can can definitely live with that. You also had Jason McClellan, one catch for 11 yards on two targets. So, The Alabama passing game, good enough by Alabama standards anyway. When you look at third down, 6 of 13, certainly not the 6 of 7 in Oxford last last October, but it was good enough and 3 of 4 on fourth down. So amazing how the game has reached this point. It used to be in high school, you know, it kind of expected offenses to go for a lot of fourth downs. Now you see college teams, power five teams, going for fourth downs at a high rate. The two teams combined for nine fourth down attempts in the game. Much of those, if not all of those, while the game was still at least somewhat in the balance, but it's Alabama that converts three of four and two of uh, five for Ole Miss on fourth downs. Again, those last three of the first half, uh, the Rebels not able to convert. Alabama defense steps up, and the Alabama offense made it pay the other way with touchdowns on three of those essentially turnovers time of possession with all this being said very much in Alabama's favor you knew if you went into this game you told Nick Saban you're gonna have the football for 38 minutes compared to Ole Miss's 22 he would be okay with that turnovers were a wash Um, you had the strip sack by Fedarian Mathis um, and that resulted directly in an Alabama touchdown 
the red zone interception from Bryce resulted in no blood. Ole Miss not able to turn that into points. So uh, statistically, offen- offensively for Alabama, solid performance, 451 total yards, and you love the balance. Again, as we talked about it from the outset of the podcast this evening, 241 throwing it, 210 running it. That's that's a winning formula right there for Alabama. And so the Crimson Tide rolls up 27 first downs. Ole Miss in the matchup last October had 31 first downs in that game, had 18 in this one on Saturday. So the Alabama offense, when it needed to be enough through the air, it was that. Third downs, just good enough. But again, as much as anything, this was sort of retro-Bama on Saturday afternoon. When they came out in the 12 personnel with Kendall Randolph on the field and Cameron Latou, you kind of got a feeling for what kind of day Alabama would like it to be. And again, Brian Robinson with the workhorse performance. The concern now from an injury perspective, when you talk about Jace McClellan, you always think, man, does Alabama have too many backs, right? When you look at Alabama going into the season, going into fall camp, and Brian Robinson, Jace McClellan, Roydell Williams, Trey Sanders coming back from injury, Kamar Wheaton coming in as a five-star recruit. You always think, man, are they going to be able to keep all these guys happy? Well, we're five games in. You're looking at Jace McClellan being out for an extended stretch. Brian Robinson, you have concerns, although he is a strong guy, very capable, physical. You worry about his health because of perhaps the increased workload. One of these other guys, or a couple of these other guys, Roydell, Trey Sanders, they got to really step forward. And with Kamar Wheaton out, now you're looking at three scholarship backs right now. And again, a lot of folks will hear that and say, well, that's plenty. Well, you're only five games in, folks. So you probably start to think as a staff, you don't publicize it as much. Do we need to start maybe cross-training? a guy or two from another position just in case, you know, the worst case scenario comes to fruition. Another couple games, what if you're down to two backs? Um, it's possible. It, it certainly is. And, and again, that has to do with how Alabama uses its backs as much as anything. It's not just a very physical approach to the run game. They expect their backs to be presences, strong presences, where pass protection is concerned. So when we start considering guys like Roydell Williams and Trey Sanders for Texas A&M next week, you've heard Nick Saban in the last week or so following Roydell's big performance against USM last Saturday. You know, Roydell had a little bit of an issue uh, after the fumble against Miami in the season opener. And then you see Trey Sanders fumble against Mercer in week two. And so ball security is obviously a big part of it, but also, you know, which of these guys, hopefully both of these guys, can you trust in pass protection? If you don't have a good feeling about one or both of those guys, then it's going to be hard to keep Brian Robinson off the field. Now, you can do some things with, say, your H-backs. I think we saw Cam Latou line up in the backfield even uh, in the second half. And we've seen Robbie Utes the true freshman used in that sort of role. So there are some ways that you can get into some personnel groupings and some, uh, some, some, some formations that can 
kind of help you overcome some of those things, maybe more so off the ball than on it. But it's a precarious situation five games into the season. And first and foremost, again, you hate it for Jace McClellan because he has positioned himself to be such a big part of this offense. And again, hopefully we learn something on Sunday that doesn't line up with the ominous sort of tone that we heard from Nick Saban following the Ole Miss game on Saturday. Special teams. Well, the good news if you're an Alabama fan is that you didn't see a lot of your punter, James Burnup, in the game. One punt for James Burnup on Saturday afternoon. It covered 37 yards. Um, Kick returns, not really a factor for either team. Kendrick Blackshire with an absolutely huge hit on Jerry and Ely there in the second half. Unfortunately, For Blackshire, he was uh, called for targeting upon review, and he'll be out the first half of next Saturday night's game at Texas A&M. Alabama, from a kick coverage perspective, should be okay, although, again, Kendrick Blackshire seems to have fully embraced that role right there in the middle of the kickoff coverage unit that has previously been served by guys like Reuben Foster and uh, Mac Wilson. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on from a special teams perspective. Uh, Six more extra points for for Will Reichard in the game. So he keeps that lengthy lengthy consecutive PAT stretch alive. It's now into the mid-one-teens, 115 or so now for Will Reichard in a row following six more on Saturday afternoon. Um, yeah, did have the kickoff out of bounds on the opening kickoff from Reichard. That wasn't ideal, uh, but he was good otherwise on his kickoffs as well. And so, you know, you kind of did what you needed to do in the kicking game as well. The one thing you didn't need to do is have a punt blocked or give up a kickoff return for a touchdown. And while Jamison Williams wasn't able to duplicate his tremendous success on kickoff returns from the USM game against Ole Miss. Uh, Alabama didn't do anything to kill itself in special teams on Saturday as a pretty heavy favorite as well. Other injuries of interest, just some guys. Look, Jordan Battle going off didn't look good at the time in the second half. He was able to return to the game, so that was a positive development. It was a physical football game, and statistically, you look at the job Alabama did, and um, it it was a dominant-type performance, but it was still the kind of game that you'll learn more about probably in terms of bumps, bruises, dings. DeMarco Ellums early in the game had to leave, came back. So it was that kind of game. So we'll certainly be interested to – hear from Nick Saban on Monday as much as anything to see exactly, in addition to McClellan, how this team came out of it with what should be another physical type of contest next Saturday night in College Station, especially where the Alabama offense going against that Texas A&M defense is concerned. Well, that's going to do it for instant analysis postgame. Ole Miss. Again, apologies for the technical difficulties involving Facebook and the live production that we usually do following Alabama games, but we still got you here on the Bama Online Podcast. Hang out with us at BamaOnline.com. Continuing coverage of all things Crimson Tide right there 
on the round table, the choice of Alabama sports fans everywhere. When you talk about premium message board communities, the roundtable at BamaOnline.com, you need to hang out with us there as well. If you haven't already, how about a subscription to the Bama Online podcast? Free, simple as a couple of clicks. And if you'd leave us a rating and a review, we'd greatly appreciate that as well. Travis Ryer thanking you once again. Until next time, so long, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.